1: and welcome to the Blank Podcast, the podcast where we talk to well-known guests about their lives, their careers, and negotiating any of those difficult moments along the way. I'm Charles Giles Phillips, and with me is Jimmy Daly. <laughs> Not Jimmy again. i managed to avoid that for a few months. Jimmy, who are we
2: talking to about that that called me Jimmy? I can't even remember. Um, anyway... Hello. How are you? Yeah, they obviously like made a really big impression on us we got. Who was it? It was on the pod it was called cool. um, Jimmy. Oh, it was uh, Jermaine Pennant. Was yeah, it Jermaine Pennant? Yeah, it was,
1: it was yeah. Jermaine Pennant. Yeah, that was a good episode. Um anyway, how are you mate? I'm very well, thanks. I'm sit- sitting here in the st- little studio with with my pussycat standing well, sleeping soundly yeah. behind me, giving me a bit of well. moral moral comfort and <laughs> what's the other word? Moral support. Support, that's it. Yeah.
2: I mean, to be fair, I love a little segue there, because one of two cats that feature on this week's episode. Yes, of course. Yeah, I have totally forgot about that. Yeah. So our guest this week, Emma Forrest, has a cat as well, Della.
1: Della I believe. Was who is named name. after Perry Mason's secretary, because her, her previous cat was called Perry, after Perry Mason.
2: There you go. Yeah. Beautifully done. So we uh, and, and Della does feature... Uh, heavily I would say in, the, in yeah, at yeah. least the first 20 minutes of the podcast yeah, certainly. If, if, if and it on a, the socials as well. Yeah,
1: if this was a video version of the, of the podcast, <laughs> she would be in it for pretty much 80 or 90% of it.
2: We, um, should we, again, I know I do this so often with having production meetings live on air, but um, should we be doing video should we be doing video stuff? Everyone, everyone now on podcast is yeah, video. But that's not podcasting
1: it, to me. That's YouTube stuff, isn't it? I, mean,
2: I know. It's, I it's think what call no. it cross promotional or whatever you call it. No,
1: I, I think no. I think we keep it real and keep it in keep the possi- it real, keep it in yeah. podcast like old school. You know, when yeah. podcasts were just audio. You know, when it used to be like you know radio.
2: long, you know, the, you know the long days of two thousand and twelve.
1: Yeah, you know, the long form interview podcast was just an audio. years of 2013. Yeah. No, I don't like all the video stuff. I mean, I see why people do it, and that's fine, but that's not, I don't think that's what I wanted to do when we started this podcast.
2: I, I do think there is, um, I understand people do video stuff because it's another platform and some people consume their, consume their stuff across platforms. Some might watch yeah. it on, on TV, on YouTube, whatever, but I do think there is a bit, more magic maybe it's our age but there's more of a magic i think with just audio mm. i think uh, i think there's you know just audio in your ears whether you're on the bus or something or on your phone while you're doing i don't know making dinner there's something more magical about the the just audio connection maybe i'm going back to like a, a days of just radio and stuff but yeah i don't 19, know did do you, do you agree 19, yeah um <laughs>
1: which obviously i'm i have huge memories of being born in 1984 yeah, no, I've I think for podcasts I've always and the long form interviews, I've always preferred the audio kind of thing because it is something you do while you're doing something else. So whatever it might be, it might be yeah. housework or you might be going for a walk, cutting the grass, taking your dog for a walk, like yeah. you know, in the gym, whatever, you know, the various other things you could be doing. Uh that that's what I like about it, is you you've got this companionship for those various different things that you're doing. Whereas yeah. you know, and I love visual mediums. I'm a bit hugely into films and TV and stuff, but I think I don't know if it needs, you know, it needs to be in a visual medium as well as as an audio one.
2: I think a companionship
1: is a really nice way of putting it. And also
2: a good segue into this week's episode because we talked with Emma about being a bit of an introvert, spending time alone, spending time with people being Comfortable on your own, it's something that comes up a lot during the episode as well. So, um, you know, again, you're giving me so many segues into the episode. It's just, this is just beautiful. This is why we've been nominated for awards. You know, this is top quality
1: audio gold. Yeah, yeah, oh, oh yeah, audio gold, yeah, liquid gold, uh, <laughs> liquid gold, <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, Emma's new book is called "Busy Being Free," and that's all a lot about her moving back to the UK after going through a breakup in in her relationship, and and talking about spending a lot more time on her own, and you know, yeah, I guess writing a book very rapidly in that period mm. as well like she said something about three months it took her to write the entire thing and then obviously she went through the long editing process but creating that piece was in in that short space of time and, and learning to but yeah be a, be a, be, a, be solitary and be on her own for a, a lot of the time so that was um really poignant stuff she was talking about with regards to that but yeah worth checking out the book for sure
2: Definitely, but, but there's a link in the show notes now so you can uh, you can check it out. And there's a lot of poignancy in this episode, I think. Emma's a very thoughtful, intelligent uh, person and there's a lot of thought behind every word that she says, I think, which is probably the same with her writing as well. So really interesting episodes and really, yeah. really lovely bits, really fascinating insight into her process as well. So I think you're going to really, really um, enjoy this episode. And she was just a really lovely... Softly spoken, kind guest to have on, and it was a real joy talking to her for the hour. Before we get into it, though, Charles, I think mm. we've got a a social media comment. I'm I'm going to try and move away from saying
1: tweets because I know we're starting to expand where we get our comments from now. Yeah, we? yeah, well, I've got a lovely one here on from Instagram. It's Lynn Robinson. She says, "As a Patreon subscriber, so if for anyone who's wants to, you know." Dig a little deeper to help us out yeah. on this for this show. Then you can join our Patreon. The well, J- Jim's going to come on now with the exact address. uh, dot slash blank podcast, and that's p
2: a t r e o n. dot com slash blank podcast. And there's only one tier:
1: two pound fifty a month. But you get a lot of extra goodies. Yeah, see, it was great that we not only have a, a wonderful message, but it's also an advert uh <laughs> well, those are uh, our favorite kind of messages yes um as a patreon subscriber of blank pod i had the early listen yesterday because obviously you get a day early uh, uh great okay. episode what a lovely guy omar baroud is he was a lovely guy and it was a really great episode beautiful voice too he should be doing lots of audio books he should he should oh that was such a good episode he was absolutely
2: lovely um another one definitely worth checking out. I got the price wrong. It's actually four pound a month <laughs> well $5 a month. Um, but I think it gets translated into wherever, wherever you, uh, you live. I think that's actually four pound a month. So, uh, sorry about that. Um, but yeah, um, we, as Lynn says, Lynn's one of our favorite, one of our favorite patrons. She's brilliant. Been here, been here for a while. And, uh, yeah, we absolutely love her interaction. So thank you so much for, for, for mentioning that episode. Um, but on our patron, you get, as she says, um, uh, 24-hour early episodes, um, extra content on every episode, a little bit of extra chat just for the patrons from our guests on every single episode, Um, and a chance to, you know, message us through Patreon and connect with us there as well and direct message us as well. So loads of goodies um, at patreon.com slash blank podcast. Please do join the gang. And there's extra content with Emma this week as well.
1: Yeah, and to the cynics out there, that wasn't a deliberate way of... Like, we haven't trawled through all our messages just to find one that aver- <laughs> advertises the extra content that you can pay for. That is a genuine like message yeah. that we got. No, just because, like you know, one. not to give too much away, we don't
2: get many messages. <laughs> so we, we have to pick and do it. You know, beggars cannot be choosers. Um, no, but we love... Honestly, it's so nice getting messages. You know, we get tweets each week and, and tons of them on Instagram or through Patreon and stuff. It's just really nice hearing from people that enjoy the episodes, connect to them, find they get something out of them, maybe even discover a guest or a person they didn't know before. And it's just, it's really, really lovely being part of that process. So yes. we appreciate we do. all messages. We so do. you can obviously message us through Patreon if you're on there, or you can find us on all our social platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our handle is at blank pod. So please do get in contact. Uh, right. Should we get on with this week's guest? Yes. <laughs> it's so wonderful. Uh, it's absolutely lovely. Uh, And fantastic, Emma Forrest on The Blank Podcast.
1: Well, Emma, it's fantastic to have you with us. Thank you so much for giving us some of your time today.
3: Thank you for having me. Uh, um,
1: Now, your writing pedigree goes back to quite an early age. Because am I right in thinking that you started writing... Fairly young.
3: Yeah, I mean, you're generous to say pedigree because that suggests it was always good. Um, I don't think it was. I feel incredibly grateful that um, when I was first published at 15, that is pre-internet. I don't think. I think you'd have to go to a lot of effort to find (laughs) my earliest pieces in the Sunday Times because I think it's sort of like, don't they say a tattoo artist needs skin to practice on to learn to tattoo? And I think with writing just, to me the early stuff I was learning how to write because remember I was 15 I not only had I not been to university I hadn't finished school yeah um, and I never did finish school so I was learning to write in progress and I would guess that writing's not that great when <laughs> I got there <laughs>
2: Imagine being someone who gets a tattoo from an early tattoo artist. I'm sorry, yes. mate. This is, yeah, I'm yeah. just learning. This is just a yeah, practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. yeah. Someone's <laughs> gotta do it. I've got to have skin somewhere. I guess you
3: practice on yourself. But yeah, maybe. No, I happen to know from research that apparently before they get to humans they practice on stretched pig skin.
1: Yes. Really? I yeah. I've heard yeah. that. I've heard that before, yeah. actually. Yeah. Wow. So there you go. Is, and yeah. that's...
2: So, I've I've literally never thought about stretch pig skin in my life. And that's similar, I guess, is it to Yeah.
3: Human yeah. Skin? Now you can think about it all the time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. Well, I'm learning. Pull, yeah. Every episode Every, I learn pull. something. It's good. good. It's good to learn. Well, it kind of reminds me a bit of um Cameron Crowe in a way, because he obviously started very young. And I imagine like having
3: like, yeah, having... but I think about that all the time because it almost famous is one of my favourite movies. It's so beautiful. But can you, you can but imagine how different that scenario is if it's a sixteen-year-old girl instead yeah, of a sixteen-year-old boy? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's a really, really different setup. And the main thing I've thought about that, you know, you get into adulthood and actually often resentments, rather than fading away, they sort of gain clarity. You wake up and you're Mm. like, I should have been even more upset about that (laughs) thing that happened 20 years ago. And what I've realised with age is that um, actually, the famous people, the musician, when I was at NME um, as a really little person, I wasn't there long because for the most part, the other writers were so unkind and un- and unpleasant mm. um, and the musicians that I would interview or be around were much more welcoming and um, generous and less suspicious like I felt going into the NME when I look back it was like entering a place of suspicious villagers <laughs> kind <laughs> of and <laughs> I do remember really clearly sort of the two people who were very kind because they were only you know two or two people I just remember sort of that awful thing usually you think of it with school of like trying not to cry in front of people trying not to cry in public failing um that was just so awful and I guess and they were all men um in their heads I guess they would look back and go, oh, well, they were so young, which they probably were because they were probably, like, 24, but I was 16. Yeah. Um, so I get really cross when I look back on that because um, I realise I was already at a national newspaper. I was at Sunday Times. I was so uh, flattered when the NME asked if I wanted to go right for them. But then looking back, I realised... Those guys at the NME wanted it as a launch pad to get to national newspapers, so of course they were pissy about me. I shouldn't have been there,
2: you know. Do you think is a Do you think it's a jealousy thing?
3: Yeah, I I do, and I sort of would love a, a, a reparations meeting with some of them because it was just it was just nasty. It yeah. was nasty stuff with people who are now have jobs as moral voices at national newspapers Mm, um yeah but uh yeah so that's funny because with lockdown i think that happened for a lot of people is actually your uh, resentments often came into sharper focus so you had time alone to polish them (laughs) you know
1: yeah and i guess um like you say now in an internet age as well we get to see what everybody's doing
3: all of the time yeah <laughs> and
1: yeah how well they're doing it or yeah. how you know or how well they're received and yeah. i suppose that adds to the the mix as well a yeah
3: bit. i mean it's certainly Wait, i think i've got a cat about to walk in to match so well, in mine... a second yeah
1: mine's gonna... on the bed Hang here on. behind us
3: i um but uh, what were we saying before the cat bashed his way into the room, <laughs> like in The Shining? The um, wonders of the internet, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, Yes. Yeah. So that comforting saying that it's yesterday's chip paper, you know,
0: when yeah. someone
3: writes, whoa, something, that was an enormous leaping cat, <laughs> writes something nasty about you, that obviously post-internet doesn't hold true at all because it's, part, you know, what should be uh yesterday's chip paper even if it's
2: incorrect even if it's not fair is is tombstone stuff now yeah completely and also on the flip side of that when you're talking about sort of you know the early work and stuff and 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 learning on the job and not maybe not being as good as you are now certainly not as good as you are now but maybe not as good as you wanted to be my first job was in local news as a reporter as well so i remember that world and yeah, the absolute joy that you've written a story. You know, it's not that good, and you know that yeah. by the next day, no one's gonna, or next week, no one's yeah. going to care about it because it's gone. Yeah. Whereas now, yeah. it's almost stuff that's used to like beat people with a stick with. Sometimes, yeah. right? You did this yeah. terrible cringe. I hate the word cringe and cringe where everyone yeah. uses it all the time over the internet. Everyone does something embarrassing at some point. It's just yeah. nature of life. But yeah, it's all it's all there yeah. forever.
3: Yeah, yep, sure is. <laughs> I think people are really surprised when they meet me now. Um, they thought, they were like, oh, I remember you standing on a table when you were 16 drunk. I was like, I didn't drink alcohol. I was a teenager. <laughs> like, it was just like pure yeah. teenage mania, you know. And I've thought a lot as well about um, one of the most constant um, reposts and criticisms that both myself and Catelyn Moran got was were well, they're just fans. It's like going back to Almost Famous with adulthood, what a weird criticism. Yeah. That's a really rubbish criticism. Yeah, we were we were massive fans and were somehow able to express that in an interesting way, you know. So um that annoys me too when I look back and that's... Catelyn and I have talked about this because we've run into each other as grown-up ladies and yeah that was a mess
2: that's a bonus surely isn't it being a fan <laughs> I would
3: <have> thought, yeah <laughs> in all yeah, I... famous it is but again there you go that's the when you put fanship through the lens of it being young women instead of young men yeah definitely. Yeah,
1: yeah definitely can I just ask the name of your cat
3: oh uh, this is Della Della. Um my first cat was Perry, and when I got Della, my dad remembered that Della was Perry Mason's secretary. Oh so that's why she's Della. No. Yeah, yeah. to give Perry this was to give Perry, who's now gone, the sense that uh he was still the boss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the old hierarchy of cats. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, I love Perry Mason. What a yeah. great show that
3: was. I actually love the reboots, <laughs> I really like it. Have you seen it on HBO? No, I haven't seen the new, no. With Matthew, not Matthew McFadden, the Welsh guy. He's such a good actor from The Americans.
1: Oh, Matthew Reese, is it? Yes. It starts yeah.
3: Matthew Reese now as Perry Mason. It's great. Oh what a great Check Casting out.
1: choice. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. I love Perry Mason.
3: Yeah.
1: I love a bit of Columbo. I'm I'm into the <laughs> yeah. afternoon kind of uh Sweet. detective it's shows. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gentle murder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Cozy. Cozy <laughs> killing.
1: Cozy <laughs> killing. Yeah, that that like a
2: channel five show actually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Getting kids off screens can lead to a major family rows and sometimes some blank moments. Mm-hmm. We all know it needs to be managed. Everyone's seen those ads, but no one wants to be their kid's worst enemy. Now, Jim, do you ever wish that you could find something that the entire family could enjoy reading together?
2: Um, only all the time. I mean, I mean my, my child's only three and she's already glued to her iPad, um, which makes me feel like an absolutely uh, horrendous parent. And like... I would say as well, I completely agree, you, you never want to be the, the, your child's worst enemy, but sometimes you feel like you sort of have to be, so finding something sort of in between that everyone can get involved in, I mean, that's that's the dream, I think, as a parent, isn't it, that like everyone's something everyone can enjoy, but I mean, it is, it is hard finding kids uh, gifts, especially sort of like your boy's age is sort of eight to twelve, like it can be difficult, can't it? I mean, yeah, where do you go from there?
1: Well, it is tricky, and screens are so addictive. So, you know, what do you do? What can we what can we suggest to our listeners? Well, I've
2: got actually the perfect thing. Um, Aquila, full of bright ideas for curious minds. Aquila, spelled A-Q-U-I-L-A, isn't just a fun and educational monthly magazine. It's a club for bright and inquisitive kids who love to take on new challenges. Charles, this sounds great.
1: Oh, it's a fantastic magazine. I have to... Ha- say i had the honor of writing for aquila from time to time and it yeah it, it's not one of those magazines that does the cheap plastic tat on the front oh yeah you, yeah do you know the ones i mean yeah you know that kind of stick on promotional toys and all that kind of stuff yeah uh, that you lose after two minutes and then it's like somewhere in the living room in five pieces Yeah, and ends up on landfill. Instead, they're all about fascinating articles, plus genuinely challenging puzzles, craft activities, short stories written by some of the UK's leading children's authors, and myself, (laughs) and the whole family can get involved with the fun.
2: Oh, it sounds great. Yeah, Aquila, it's not available in newsagents. So to start your 12-month subscription, you go to aquila.co.uk. That's www.aquila.co.uk. And if you type in the promo code blank pod that's all one word you get 20 percent off uh that's a great deal
1: it's an amazing deal and do you know what's even better jim aquila is delivered in 91 countries worldwide so you can receive your subscription wherever you're listening to this podcast
2: i can't wait i can't wait to uh to and as stick... we know
1: we're big in cuba
2: we are big in cuba exactly this sounds absolutely brilliant and i love the deal as well uh for our listeners so subscribe today at aquila dotcode That's a q
1: u i l a dotcode uk slash blank pod. That's aquila.co.uk, uk slash blank pod. So was writing? Do you think writing was always just there in in you as a as a thing? Was it when you? I mean, go and get back a little bit further. Mm. Was it something that you were into? I mean, you said you didn't finish school, but was well, it something that you
3: were into? That, uh, that weird gift of only being good at one thing. Whereas I think mm. a lot of people it takes them longer to find their path because actually yeah. they're good at several things. Yeah. Um, but I was not. I mean, I could I mean I think I'm probably numerically dyslexic. Like again, talking about crying in public, I used to look at the blackboard while the maths teacher was literally going. Answer this sum. It's like three plus six. What is it? And I just couldn't yeah. see it or oh, do I, it. I hear you but, totally yeah. on that. I,
1: honestly, I I I failed my maths GCSE. I got an an E. Yeah. And then the following year, I retook it yeah. with extra tutoring and I got an F. Wow, that's
3: really impressive. <laughs> like actually, impressive.
1: that's
3: that's like dedication.
1: <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> how how much worse can I do at yeah. this subject?
3: <laughs> um, but I. Did do okay in subjects I could bullshit, you know, but yeah. I liked them as well. I liked philosophy and classics. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's so brilliant that, I, I, that that Boris is the classics buff because that is such an excellent subject for people it, who can just talk their way out. <laughs> so true. I did it. <laughs> um, yep, I see myself in in, in that. Um, but uh, no, I just sort of I w- was good at at writing sort of without trying I wasn't brilliant at it without trying because I've since learned how to try (laughs) and how to work much harder um and I've gotten a lot better but I was good at it sort of with very little um effort and um it it and, and by that what I mean is that like if you look at my first novel it doesn't What it doesn't have is much of a structure, but it has, because I didn't know how and I didn't do the work, but it has a flow and an energy and it's sort of like a big parade that distracts you from from the the technical skill that isn't there. Um, And the people who love Name Dropper, who love that first novel that I did start writing when I was 19 and published when I was 21, they, they don't care, but there's uh, absolutely yeah. no stru- yeah. structural success there. It's just sort of the, 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 the life in it. What I learned once I started working in Hollywood as a screenwriter is you can, basically anyone can learn to construct what we call the IKEA cabinet, like can follow the structure, yeah. follow the instructions to build the IKEA cabinet that is a script but what you can't learn is voice, you know, as cliche mm. as that sounds. And when you think about the ones who break through, whether they're your taste or not, certainly Aaron Sorkin has his voice. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Pamela Adlon of Better Things has her voice, and it actually pertains to. The singer-songwriters that we love, or certainly that I love, is that they all, as obvious a thing as it sounds, they sing in their own accent. So Dylan sings in his accent. Bowie sings in his accent. Um, uh, 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 One of my favourites, Paul Simon, you know, as rated as he is, I still think he's underrated, sings in his speaking accent. And if you can apply that to writing, to prose, that's kind of magic.
2: I completely agree, completely agree. Yeah. And th- this this might be the most, maybe, clichéd and worst question I've ever asked a guest on this podcast. So I apologise yeah. in advance. Yeah, yeah. but Because I've I, I, I I've got into comedy, and people would say the same thing. You'll find your voice, and once you find your voice in comedy, then yeah. it all becomes sort of easier and truer and more relatable, yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. And it's true. Was yeah. there a moment then when oh, – I is such a bad question. Was there a moment when you did – find that voice or you realized it was happening or
3: no because like i say for me it's the it's the reverse reverse engineering that i always had the voice what i didn't have was necessarily the ability to get from a to b Uh, i think a lot of the early stuff is is almost equivalent so i keep coming back to other other art forms but um like a director like Arbel Ferrara, who can do amazing scenes and can't actually string those scenes together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, um... I really relate to that because, for me, it wasn't until I started writing screenplays, which have a more natural um, propulsiveness to them than a novel, that then when I kept my... Not this book, but the one before Royals, which was a novel people who had liked and or even loved my other books were like, wait, but this has got a movement to it that it didn't have for so was Like, yeah, I just learned that from writing scripts.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But and yeah, cause I've, I've written, sorry, Jim, I was going to say I've, I've yeah. recently written, uh, I'm writing a script at the moment. I've written one before and it is, and, and I, Got a copy of Save the Cat, which everyone says to get, you know. Yeah. And you look at the beat sheet, and you're like working out stuff, and they structures and stuff. And and before, again, I you know I've written a couple of verse novels, which are kind of weird timelines and all sorts of all over the place. And actually, trying to sort of think about when I go back to writing my next novel, yeah, actually, kind of utilising some of those skills that I've yeah. learned from the script. You writing. will,
3: whether you mean to or not. Yeah, that's what's
2: great. Yeah. But isn't, isn't, I mean, isn't that part of the process? Like, we learn more, we get better, we change. Like, that is kind of the beauty, I think, of being creative and doing creative things rather than sticking in one sort of box.
3: Yeah, you would think so. But I think people do remain um, suspicious of people who move between... I mean, I, it's it's such a massive breakthrough that it's no longer any kind of an issue for an actor to move between film and television,
2: yeah, um, yeah,
3: I think it's sort of unimaginable pff, 10 years ago that you'd be seeing Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman yeah, yeah.
0: Um,
3: um, Zoe Kravitz, uh, you know, in one, Shailene Woodley, in one TV miniseries, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, it just it wouldn't have happened, it would have meant the death of it, would have been an admission that their careers yeah. were on a downside, yeah, and it's so different now, um. So that's
1: been really interesting to see. Yeah, I think I, I agree though, Jim. I think there is a little bit of a, you know, that kind of jack of all trades type thing that goes on when you try and do different things. You know, I mean, I write, I do podcasts, yeah. I play in a band a bit, you yeah. know, um, and people sort of like, oh, why don't you just concentrate on one of those things? Mm. Well, I, well, I like making stuff. So mm, mm, mm. regardless of what it is, it's just mm. nice to be able to make stuff. So. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's a shame that there is that kind of...
3: Yeah. Because one can people. give you breathing space from the yeah. other or like palate cleanse kind yeah. of. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Oh, but also yeah. if that's who you are, then you, know, you were saying earlier about you felt you felt like you had one skill. Yeah, yeah. But if you are someone where you feel like... I feel like I'm about a seven out of ten in lots of different things, rather than like a ten out of ten in in one right. thing. But that's yeah. as Charles says, what well, keep, keeps me keeps me going, keeps me. Yeah. But everyone's different, though. Everyone has their different skill sets, and it's yeah. just, about, just about sort of being true to what yours are. Yeah, yeah.
3: I have very few. So I really have no skill sets. Like I can't cook, I can't drive, I can't. There's some part of the brain that um, it's not it's not firing, and I think a lot about the concept of selling out like how judgmental people are about people who quote unquote sell out yeah. and how much i'd love to sell out like i'm gonna really yeah. be amazing <laughs> yeah. that's a dream to sell out i just am fearful that i don't have but like, i'll often say to my film agent i have had a really high concept mainstream idea can you believe that I have had like a super mainstream idea? And then I tell her, she's like, that's so not mainstream. <laughs> no, that's that's, a, that's like a $2 million idea. That's not a $50 million. Yeah. So I just, I, I, that's a bummer for me is I would love to be a sellout. I just think <laughs> I'm missing that shit.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. There's, um, there's a band that we like called Tool and, yeah. um, they had an app that, the The name of the song is "Hooker with a Penis," and the song lyrics go. After um, the singer was, he was going into the venue when they were doing a gig, and there was he's been berated by a a fan saying, "Oh, you guys, the new album's like it's so commercial," Mm. and um, so he wrote on the back of that, he wrote this. Song about like you know I I literally sold my soul to make a record
3: yeah
1: yeah you know I would do whatever it takes to yeah. get this thing in the world yeah, and yeah. uh you know I I I'm quite happy to be a sellout you know, yeah if it means that people more people are going to hear my music
3: yeah
1: I think there's something quite you know admirable about that
3: agree
2: yeah I'd love to be a sellout I I just, just need some money um but what um, <laughs> yeah what. I, I was the same growing up like there were loads of bands i loved like loads of mm-hmm. indie bands where like i wanted them just for me like i just i wanted right. i didn't want them to get famous because i wanted to be like at a gig with yeah. like 10 other people yeah. but yeah surely on the flip side you want them you like you're invested in these people and you want them to do well so if that involves them <laughs> selling out then
3: yeah no i re- and and i remember that so my first my first memory of that is rem going from green to the next album being um it's out, out of, of time, time, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh, you des- <laughs> you deserve this, but er. <laughs> yeah, 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 I get it. Yeah, I think it was
1: shiny, happy people that kind of yeah. People, oh, they've done some stuff with the B-52s, they're quite commercial.
0: Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once yeah. you wrote yeah. the B52s, it's over. But but but, but <laughs> that's weird as well because I mean B-52s, I adore them, and they made some of the like crazy stuff. like rock lobster is such <laughs> yeah. a crazy yeah. genius yeah. piece of an avant-garde, yeah, pop classic. Um so yeah they 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 made that leap too do, do you guys yeah. think that's a, that's a that's
2: a that's an age thing as you get older like, and going back to like the standing on tables teenage ants kind of stuff but like as you get older you do have a you do sort of a slightly more um wider view of the world and you realize actually how things work and actually what's more important than other stuff it's maybe just 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 an age thing you get older you get slightly more sort of wiser about these kind of things.
3: i don't know i mean the excuse my yawn <laughs> it's not you um it's the rain it's just started raining heavily and that is like an immediate trigger to yawning for me um I do you know what made me feel pleasantly middle-aged uh, culturally is? I'm so affronted by euphoria. I'm not having it. I tried watching an episode and I was like, this is not okay. You do not take teenage actors, you do not take 18 and 19-year-olds and put them in these sexual situations mm. that are going to get screen grabbed and will mm. live on the in- to go b- back to how we started talking and live on the internet for the rest of their lives. Mm. This is not okay. You Even if they feel like, as a 19-year-old actor, that they're, fine with doing that scene you protect yeah little people you protect young people this is I'm not all right with this like and and that's just such a massive I have a 19 year old stepdaughter and yeah just like the enormity of that gap in um in uh moral Offense, basically, like I was like, Oh, this is it. This is the moment. I'm old. (laughs) This is great. I loved it. (laughs) I'm embracing it. Yeah.
2: I find I get. Offended quite a lot these days, and I'm I'm, I'm I know that, I know that's like a, a stick that's used to beat people with. Oh, you get over offended and stuff? But I see quite a lot of stuff on social media sometimes that I think like oh no, I block and mute a lot because I just think I I don't I see even on like I've joined fantasy football Twitter, <laughs> um, which is. Uh, My way of crowbarring football in the game to every episode. And um, I literally joined it just so I could just follow fantasy football stuff. But I'm seeing, I saw a really transphobic tweet the other day. So I blocked that person straight away. But I see this stuff creeping in and like, I can't like scroll and go. I have to block or reply and say, you can't say
3: that. Interesting. Do you have, so I have it. I don't have them on my phone. If I want to go on Twitter or Instagram, I have to log back in and look. Like I don't have any notifications uh, for it um, I just it's, It would be I notice a, An effect Right away On my writing If I do lose myself To an hour Scrolling yeah. Twitter Partly because then I'm Reading back on my work In a different way Like I'm it, it's, it's sort of scrolling yeah. In my head
0: Yeah Rather
3: mm. than Reading across um, So it's not even That it just affects The writing like It affects the editing Process for me Um, So I do, I'll come on and off twice a day. Like I look in the morning, I look at night. Wow. Yeah.
2: That's a really good, because I definitely look every five
1: minutes. I mean, I'm really.
3: Yeah,
1: no. (laughs) Do you know what? It's worth having a look at those. Do you know what? Go into your phone settings and look at your usage. God, shall I well, know that? Or and don't be, do that.
0: <laughs> or, or, yeah.
1: Well, it, yeah. it, it, it can be quite stark when you yeah. start to think, I've oh, actually, I've spent three hours today yeah. looking at Twitter yeah. or Instagram. I'm going to yeah. look now. And how do we I could have do like, used that three hours to be writing a couple of pages yeah. of scripts yeah. that I'm struggling to yeah. do because I keep looking at, inter- yeah. at the internet. Um, I, I agree. I'm the same as you. I've been trying to sort of avoid social media in general, particularly mm. when I'm in the midst of writing something. Mm. Um, because I, I noticed how, you know, you just kind of switch into that, the addictive qualities of it. Mm. Um, it's just a bit dangerous. I'm not mm. suggesting you have to do that, Jim, right now.
2: But, I just, I'm I'm intrigued. Um, I mean, I mean, <laughs> last episode, I was, what was I going to do? I was going to unfriend someone on Facebook and that was, I left it as a cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't revealed yet if I did it or not. Um, but, yeah, um, Yeah, I'm slightly worried actually about what I can't actually find it on here. Which is probably probably for the best. Um, Slightly worried about what that would say, but I am fully aware that like we only have a certain amount of energy and um, brain space and energy in that throughout the day. So I completely understand. Right. Well,
3: I mean, like because the the writing of mine that I like, like I really like this book. I like the book before. I love them. They just have a level of clarity to the thinking I was able to do that thing that we all reach for of getting the thought from my brain to the page safely in one Mm. piece because often it changes shape you know on the way from your brain to the page um and you do have to protect that clarity of thinking the way you protect it is really be very aware of what you're allowing in yeah yeah you know, because it does have an effect.
2: That's such a beautiful way of describing that <laughs> process of, of yeah, because it can change from the brain to the page. That's so true, yeah. and that can really yeah. lead to a level of frustration sometimes. Because you have this yeah. image in your head, and then you're starting to get it down, and you think it has, it's, it's not that far from As brain to, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it's really it can lead to real sort of frustration, can't it? Yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. Take, talking about take process
1: yeah yeah go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so go on so, well I was going to ask you a bit about your yeah. your writing process always interesting to talk to other writers about their yeah. process do you have a set process well, or I'll does always, it change
3: yeah I'll expect to to write it, do you know what I've just realized it's all akin to they say um like if you date someone for a year then overcoming the breakup's going to take the same amount of t- or half the time that you yes. dated or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I always uh, allow yeah. basically a year to write the book and then a year of edits. And so, so essentially that's two years' work, but I put as much into the edit process as the writing because, you know, it's, it's said so often, but I'll say it again, when people ask for writing advice, I say you just can't expect it to be good in the first draft or even in the second draft, you know. The first draft, don't worry, it's probably going to (laughs) suck. But then the writing is in the editing. Yeah. Um, So I'm just not scared for it not to be good right away. And the people who want to be writers and never get to it is they just, they want it to be great from the moment they put pen to paper and that's just not reasonable as far as I'm concerned, yeah
1: no it's not and then obviously when you're working with an editor as well when you've got that kind of sort of i guess i sort of use the analogy of like a bit of a tennis match where you're back backwards and forwards Mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. with stuff um that process is is you know is such a big part of molding what actually finds its way into the finished book yeah
3: yeah um Um, i think also i make a point of. probably like if I'm writing a script, then I don't read other scripts. If I'm writing a book, I'm usually not reading other books at the same time. Um, Music is always a constant because that's safe. It's sort of the safe kind of osmosis. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, you're not going to be jealous of someone else's idea or, or scared you're going to nick a thought Mm -hmm. or something. So music is always a constant when I'm working Cats are a great yeah, yeah, They're a are constant, They're I've a constant. Got, I've got mine <laughs> here as well. <laughs> yeah, they're really <laughs> I helpful mine. to the writing process. <laughs> um uh Brain food I've learned in the last few years for me has a massive effect. It's so obvious, but I figured out... You know, that the writing is probably going to be soggier if I've just eaten a load of bread. So, yeah. we non writing days, this isn't diet tips. This is just like brain <laughs> tips. Non working days, I'll eat whatever I want. Um, like weekends are croissant days, um, but you yeah. can't really eat a croissant and then expect to go into a good writing session. That's not
0: yeah. reasonable. Yeah. So,
3: I have become much more aware of like, if I know I want to have two good solid hours, then I would eat eggs and tuna and asparagus and then work, and then when I'm done, eat the croissant so that stuff <laughs> as basic as it sounds is um actually potentially part of why the last two books are stronger i think
1: yeah oh, i ho- That's can't such good i how ho agree i and again, I'm not a nutritionist but i've I've been doing um I've been eating sort of less carbs in general yeah. and and intermittent fasting as well. Yeah, so that, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, so I won't eat uh, – you know, I'll have a dinner in the evening about seven with the, yeah. with the family and then won't eat again till sort of midday. Yeah, and yeah. then, honestly, I feel so much sharper, yeah. more focused – yeah, uh, and I say I'm not. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not advising anyone to do this necessarily. Yeah. But for me, it works. I do the yeah. opposite. I do what Giles isn't eating. <laughs> I eat for yeah. him. So I that's lovely. how we work. That's the, a yeah. Good <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm a supportive I'm just, A huge yeah. like, uh, for supportive yeah.
3: friend yeah.
1: sitting there like I can't get anything going.
3: Yeah, I a, also yeah. I always keep a notebook on either side of the bed because I get a lot of ideas in my sleep, and I've really learned. To force myself mm. to wait, you know, you know, you're like I'll remember in the morning. I you just you don't. Do. So yeah, I yeah. force myself to wake up, even if it kind of messes up my sleep, just to write down whatever. Because Royal's the last novel. I it was. I don't know if this will ever happen to me again. It was a very weird spiritual experience because not only was a lot of the plot coming. To me, at night in dreams, it was coming sequentially, like it was coming in the right order, which is just weird. And I I was going through a divorce at the time, and I feel like it was almost the universe's balancing act to give me something back and keep me feeling safe. Um, I also knew it was strange because I – well, it was sad but also useful that I knew I had agreed in the process of getting divorced – to vacate the family home by a certain date, you know, and, and and I didn't know where I was landing. So I knew I had my office in that house, and i that's the only book I've ever written in three months. Wow. Because I just didn't know what was coming next. So that is the... That could have totally thrown me, but actually I was more focused than I've ever been. I still had the same year-long editing process, hmm. but... Um, uh yeah that was sort of a magic one out of a sad time
1: yeah. yeah but i guess maybe i mean i'm not saying you used it as a coping mechanism no, but i, I guess it, yeah. i
3: did and why what else are you going to use as a coping mechanism like yeah. what else are you going to do but take your hurt and your sadness and your suffering and set it on fire as an offering to the gods of art <laughs> like otherwise <laughs> yeah. you're just sitting there being sad <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, look, I, I'm, I'm always fascinated by the, the idea of ideas coming in dreams and and late yeah. at night because I think it's it's, yeah. it's it's almost like a weird sort of unexplained phenomenon that our brain goes into this weird.
3: Space. It probably is an explained phenomenon. Yeah. I would have thought <laughs> um, Jungian dream theory and what's it called the 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 universal. So the universal uh, the collective unconscious yeah yeah collective unconscious and, um yeah. i love all of that uh i think it's really that's been really rich for me i've always and when i say i've always been a david lynch fan like i think ah. i saw blue velvet when i was 12 <laughs> i was really inappropriate <laughs> i was going to talk about david Lynch. yeah he of course is very very into the dream life and 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 and, and um what I learned I really like his book about about meditation um is it called uh, fishing for the big one or searching for the big fish something like that he wrote a book about meditation um and I like applying a rigorousness to the dream life like that's why I say that I force myself to get up and write down and make sense of what comes Mm -hmm. at night and and not just be mystical about it without any kind of framework has been, I think that's something I've taken from him.
1: Yeah, it's called Catching the Big Fish. Catching Um, the Big Fish. Yeah. I'm a huge David Lynch fan. Yeah. I went and saw Lost Highway. um, I mean, I was aware of some of his other work anyway, like Elephant Man Mm -hmm. and Dune, but I went and watched Lost Highway at the Duke of York Cinema in Brighton when it came out, which was about 97, I think. And it was a late night showing. So it was like 11 o'clock start. And then I think it finished like half past one. And it was the first time I really, I think I really sat with friends afterwards and discussed a movie yeah. for like another hour mm. or so yeah, afterwards yeah, yeah. To do, what the, what happened? What, yeah, what happened? Yeah. Um, and, and still now you can, you know, I watched it again recently. Um, and it's just brilliant. And yeah, yeah his work, like you say, and I think I became more aware of that kind of yeah. subconscious and dreamlike states and all that kind of stuff. And I think he's obviously is a master of that stuff. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: There's a real beauty in sharing art with people, isn't there? Like that, that I haven't been to cinema with mates for a long, long time and being able, to. but I love that moment of watching something together and having that sort of shared experience and then discussing it. I mean, I, I guess maybe these days it's, it's moved to like watching stuff on Netflix with your partner. And in fact, Miranda and I finished a series last night where we were both very underwhelmed by the finale, yeah, <laughs> but no. it was a shared thing. We could talk about it and we were talking about, oh, I didn't didn't think they answered enough questions there, et cetera, et cetera, and stuff. But that's kind of the beauty of a lot of art, I think, is being able to... It's nice. It's so nice sometimes having your own little thing, your own book that only you love or show you only love and immerse yourself in it. But it's nice also sort of sharing that art with other people, I think, especially
3: close people. Conversely, there's nothing that makes you feel as adrift from humanity as not getting a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. That's why, you know, I talk about it almost every time I make anything is rumours by fleetwood mac is such a comfort to me because the idea that i think it doesn't it remain the biggest selling album of the of the certainly of the 70s i, I think, think it's up there it's yeah definitely up there it's it's just so beautiful and yeah. was always so rich and comforting to me from like a really 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 young age and i remember so clearly being in my bedroom as an 11 year old knowing like when you turn t- turning over the vinyl and yeah. memorizing which is side A and which is side B, and knowing oh I must be about to fall asleep because I'm a oh daddy now uh, and yeah. and um, yeah that's that's a real comfort. And then I just feel so lost when there's I didn't understand normal people at all at all. Like I I, re- I like I enjoyed her book. I liked reading conversations with friends and I liked reading normal people. She has something I could never do it. So I think she's super talented and very detached, you know, whereas I'm like, everything's overflowing. <laughs> um so I there's something pleasing to me, always reading something that I can't do myself. Um, but that yeah. TV show is just like, you know, I tried for me, what I always get with movies or TV that can be problematic is within five minutes I just go. Fake world, don't believe it.
0: Mm. Or I don't, yeah. or I'm in. Yeah. I'm yeah. In. And yeah. with this, I was yeah. like,
3: yeah, this is all about the director. Fake world, don't believe it, done. Mm. I'm really bad at giving things a, a shot and set it. But, but, you know, there's a lot of films. Like, I, I take great pleasure, I have to say, in walking out of movies. Really? And oh, okay. Yeah, I think that's yeah. so... Cu- oh, all right. Yeah, um, yeah. But I know for sure it's always frustrated boyfriends that you know after six and a half minutes i'm like Mm-mm, no done <laughs> like, try it nope <laughs> i do not like this taste
2: <laughs> has there been anything that you've gone back to another time and be like oh i actually i read this wrong or i missed something or or even reinforced it no i was right this is terrible
3: let me think let me think let me think is there anything i've gone back to it's not coming off the top of my head i mean there's also things um again like another example of the Fleetwood Mac thing of it just like feeling like oh thank god people love this I feel good about humanity as I absolutely love Dolly Alderton's writing and I have ever since I first read uh, like her her half a page dating column in the Sunday Times years ago it's like oh my god this is a writer this is a real writer you know this is real voice she's so good she's so alive Often it's as simple as that. It's like, oh, yeah. do they feel like they're alive? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so that 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 her memoir was such a sort of juggernaut phenomenon when I read it. It's like, yes, <laughs> I belong with other humans. You don't <laughs> need to pen me off from society. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's someone that just makes me feel really um, hopeful about humanity and my own humanity. <laughs>
2: She's got a show. She's got a show
3: out on Netflix. And I think it's lovely too. Yeah, it's on the BBC. BBC, on, sorry. You. I, I, I player. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, so and Cat and stuff too. It's just like she's just a great writer. She just is. Like I know that they're. Ah, um, uh, what's the right? They're they they're they're almost brands, you know, beyond their own whether they like it or not, you know. Mm. But See, they're yeah. just so gifted.
2: See, this, this is you going back to being a fan again from earlier, you know, fan of but of, of, of work. right, but
3: also being very aware of my place that I'm a cult classic. You know, I'm a cult classic. <laughs> it goes back to the idea of selling out. Yeah. I would write a juggernaut thing like that if I could, I don't know how. Yeah. Um it's really interesting. I haven't I, I can't quite unpick it. I wonder if that stuff is learnable. Um and on the other hand, I'm very grateful for the letters I get, you know, when people find your stuff.
2: I was going to say, yeah, because yeah. Your ta- you're talking yeah. so like passionately about these other people's work, but there'll yeah. be other people who feel exactly the same about you. So how do you yeah. find that from the flip
3: side? Um, what's been hard to learn, and I've learned it with age and experience, experiences, uh, putting up walls isn't the right just writing back and saying, you know, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And then very often people want to engage you in a back and forth and just having the courage to say, Hey, I I, I can't, you yeah. know, best of luck. Thank yeah. you. It means a lot. I'm yeah. not going to keep talking with you. Whereas before it was like, you just like being pen pals with troubled people and trying to help. And, yeah. and obviously when you write a memoir, like your voice in my head that's so much about mental health, you, Get a lot of letters about mental health and and understanding that my uh, my equilibrium, mm-hmm. my mental health,
1: yeah.
3: is predicated on not being how easy it can be to let other people's mental disorder bleed in and mm-hmm. have an effect on your own, and having to say I can't, mm-hmm. you know, has has been. a a learning curve yeah that's
1: the cat on cue yeah Yeah, because yeah i think yeah no i was gonna say i i I understand that totally as well and i think um again keep going about social media because because we have platforms where people can kind of contact us readily, yeah Yeah. um you know it's almost like people sort of think that it is um obvious that you would want to talk about your stuff you know in that way and um and sometimes it isn't easy to do that and like I say we often do take on other people's emotions and 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 head spaces yeah
3: yeah Um, or even just you know very well meaning people writing and saying I loved your book so much a lot I've had strange things happen in my life I was thinking this might be a book what do you think of this I'm like I I can't
0: yeah it's really hard Yeah. yeah yeah because yeah, best of luck yeah, yeah completely and
2: and, yeah. And, and 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 thats so that's totally okay to say that because yeah. it comes back to the old sort of like looking after number one first, if you look after yourself, mm. then mm. you know if you don't, then you can 't even be in a position to reply to people best yeah. of luck and stuff, yeah. you have to make yeah. sure that you're okay first, but as you said it, mm. I think a lot of it probably comes from good places from people well-intentioned of people who, and yeah. they connect they're connecting to you so that's obviously yeah. lovely but you, you have to know your boundaries and your limits to co- yeah. keep yourself safe before yeah anything else yeah,
3: yeah. correct
1: <laughs> tell me about the screenwriting how did you get into doing that in the first place
3: um i was um i'd love to tell the whole story one day I'll tell. maybe next time i'll tell the whole i'll name the names but um <laughs> Where, you know, an uh, interesting thing is that um, there was a really good, really lovely review for my new memoir in The Observer. And um, the writer did mention, she said at one point, potentially there are young or this generation of female readers who wouldn't look so generously on, um, who wouldn't see Who wouldn't look so generously on uh, Forrest being so positive about um, the overlap of work and romantic relationships? And it's true, like, I that was fine for me. Um, But when I was about 24, now you can, if you're ever bored and the internet has an archive, I'm not sure if it does, of my writing as a 24 year old. Can go through and see if you can try and figure out who this was i did so many interviews i remember being <laughs> sent to interview someone when i was 24 it uh, being sent in la and be like oh shit i'm in love with this person by the end of the interview i was like i love them which is like an interview is such a celebrity profile is such a weird setup because it's by definition the successful one is sort of for enforced intimacy
0: yeah.
3: with people yeah. who because of their position very often don't get to have real conversations with yeah. people so I went home really shaken from this interview like just feeling ill with what just happened yeah. and within about three hours I got an email from that person saying I hope you don't mind I got your well i think they said i hope you don't mind because they're not the sort of person to mind i got your email from the publicist um, i have to see you again Okay. and there was this big oh wow epic love affair that with a very big age disparity because i was 24 and they were in their 40s i think and it was so Troubled by it, and he was like, Oh, just gonna write a screenplay about me. And that's how I wrote, long story long, that's how I wrote my first screenplay wow, and how God. I got signed. I was like, fuck you, I will go and do that. And <laughs> wow. I wrote my first screenplay, I got signed. Um, and uh that one of quite a few people have tried to make that script. It's called Know You're Right. So it was the first movie that i wrote you know was optioned and ran out of option and blah 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 i think oh, it would be um peculiar if it ever did get made but it, from that enough people loved that script that i got a lot of work basically for 15 years yeah out there wow so yeah a, a flip a flip <laughs> romantic comment from someone who wants you to go away just go write a script <laughs> about me was uh, very very rich for me <laughs> yeah
1: Wow, that's amazing, yeah. though, and yeah. um, and like you say, has led to a rich sort of vein of like writing in that in yeah. that area. Yeah. And is it something you enjoy doing as much as writing a, a novel? I mean, it's obviously yeah, very different. Yeah,
3: I love it, um, and and um, something I'm particularly enjoying. Um, right now is I'm, uh, I can't, I have to wait for them to announce it, but I'm adapting someone else's novel as a TV series right now. And that I absolutely love um, because it's something by a a woman who's a a generation, or maybe even two generations younger than me. And I just can see that girl in her story Mm -hmm. and I want to keep her safe and protect her all the way, that character to the screen. I, you can invite me back one day if you want. And I'll talk to you about that one. But um,
0: yeah, Absolutely. I found I yeah.
3: particularly like adapting other people's books as screen
2: because yeah. you, you you sort of feel a connection to the person, um, and the story. It's just
3: you can... it's it, it's y- you have such clarity on seeing what the what it is that works about the book what they're trying to say how to if you care about it if you love it how to um both protect it and give it the haircut that best suits the shape of its face you know which (laughs) people don't necessarily know for themselves yeah you know so um yeah i'm loving that
2: that's beautifully put. Same about haircuts. Yeah. To be honest, a lot of us don't right. know the haircut yeah. that we want. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. we do need the <laughs> yeah, professional to yeah. say, "Actually, don't do that, mate. No, no, no. Yeah. Short yep. back and sides. Just you're, yeah. you're fine." Um, yeah.
1: Tell us about your latest book, which came out very recently as well, didn't it? I think, it did. yeah, it Busy just Being came Free. Out. Yeah, um,
3: Busy Being Free is. I think I'm going to feel okay writing a memoir once a decade, so it's ten years yeah. after my first memoir, Your Voice in My Head. Um, busy Being Free sort of inspired in a weird way um, by the answer Elizabeth Taylor gave when she was asked why she'd never done a nude scene on screen, and she said because once you take your clothes off there's nothing left to do but put them back on again um and i've always thought about that and i have written so much in your voice in my head about what is palpably love addiction um and in busy being free i've written about a almost five-year period of voluntary celibacy. Um, I filed for divorce around the time, like, and when I say around the time, I think the same week that Trump was elected and I was living in America. And everything was so bad in my personal life, and then to get that, you know, as, uh, like, the world's most interior and exterior ugly human man being the most powerful man in the world... Sort of pushed me to just go right i 'm going to abstain from all of this yeah, you know yeah. i 'm going to just look after my kid i 'm not going to date and for all those years for the term of his presidency, not only did I not date or kiss or hold hands with anyone except my kid um i didn't even want to like go to dinner parties and and even face what you face all the time when you 're a single person or a single parent like the pressure of being set up. Mm. With someone, I had just turned 40. I say in the book, it's at the age where there are things a woman at 40 can do emotionally and physically, twist themselves into not to keep getting chosen for the team. But I just wanted, and I did say, I'm not playing. I'm just not playing. And lived in the solitude not just of my own lockdown, but then inside the lockdown, the <laughs> yeah. lockdown inside the lockdown. And it was a really rich spiritual and creative time. And that's what the book's about.
2: Oh, it sounds fascinating. I, I just There's a real power, I think. It's good. In, oh, I can't wait to read it. There, there's a real power, I think, in, in saying that, yeah, I'm not playing. I'm not just fine. not doing it because, yeah, because we are, Engineied. All of
3: us have versions of that. Yeah. And I know it might be weird for you guys to contemplate, but, like, the biggest and most obvious possible version of that for a 40-year-old woman who I knew, and it's not like I thought it was, like, the hottest girl in the world, but I knew that people part, mean people passed on to me. So-and-so says, you only got hired at the times because you slept with someone, or, you know, that yeah. that was always mm. present in the... You know, small myth of who I was. Um, that the most obvious uh thing would be, oh, you know, you can still find ways to make yourself uh be considered hot for a writer, you know, and to just go, I just, I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this, I'm not engaging in this, um, I'm not looking in mirrors, you know, I'm not. It was really useful not to get out of a tracksuit, basically, right, for for all of the lockdown. It was useful that, like I say, it wasn't... Obviously, it was horrific for society and culture at large that it was Trump and Boris, but it was sort of weirdly useful for me in my aloneness um, that the most present men in both my identities, because I'm Anglo-American with both citizenships we just send you screaming from men yeah full stop yeah yeah. you know so that's that's where it's at and i think i think guys i think men get something out of the book as well actually um just like yeah what can you say no to that would enrich your life yeah Mm.
2: i think that's so powerful there's a real power in saying no I think. Good. And that sounds good. Yeah. Cool. So we'll definitely Charles we'll definitely put a link to that in the
1: yeah, show notes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was I'm interested about this the idea of being alone though. Do you, you obviously you like being by yourself? I mean, are you are you naturally an introverted kind of person, would you say?
3: Yeah, I probably am. I mean, I think the the darkest moment in my life in Hollywood was the writer's strike where there was a hmm. mandated amount of hours per week that you had to go and protest with placards. I was like, that is A fucking nightmare for a writer who just wants to be alone in a room, penned off from other humans. Um, I like being with other writers. I really like being with people one on one. I find dinner parties pretty stressful, like even one on two, I find somewhat stressful, but I really, really enjoy my friends one at a time and it's probably why I'm not a drinker. Bar bar culture, pub culture never made sense to me. Cause I'm like, no, I want to remember every conversation. Yeah, yeah. I don't want conversations that people forget about yeah. in the morning. That really bothered me. Um I think I'm annoyingly serious in a lot of ways. Um that's maybe not particularly British. Uh yeah, I do I like look, yeah I'm a cat, I'm a cat person. I like I like doing what I want to do when I want to do it
2: and then I want to go outside when I want. Yeah. I feel the same. I realised during, I'd just been to the Edinburgh Fringe and done my debut solo Mm -hmm. show and I've realised during that that I'm a massive introvert, which I know is very weird like a performer to say, I think it is very common, I think in sort of performer circles. Um, Yeah. And I actually liked doing my show, going home and sort of being on my own and thinking about stuff and then going back rather than sort of hanging out with loads of other comedians and stuff. Um but mm. you know the people that I really love and respect mm. and again it's an age thing I think and I get this more I get older. It's like older people who don't give a fuck and who just if mm. they don't want to talk they won't talk. If they just want to do their own thing they'll yeah. do their own thing. Rather than like I've yeah. always felt like again I completely go at dinner parties. But like oh well I've got to be on tonight. Well I'm seeing these people mm-hmm. I've got to be on, I've got to be on form. I've got to gotta to go and mm-hmm. do this. Gotta do and do that. I really want to just mm-hmm. like not fucking do anything no. sometimes or just like, yeah. or, or even yeah. go out and just sit quietly.
3: Yeah. I'll just sit yeah. quietly sometimes. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue because I have to go back to work. <laughs> there
1: we go.
2: Beautiful. Yeah. Is it?
3: Is it is there, is there anything else you want from me before I go?
1: No, not at all. No, no. no it's been, been an absolute super, pleasure. And I hope, thank you. Obviously, being two of us hasn't been too stressful
3: for no, you. no, 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 because you're on split screen, <laughs> yeah. so it's
1: fine. Um, <laughs> thank you so no, much. But no, we really appreciate your time. Well, thank, thank you so, you so much, much for Emma. being on the podcast.
3: Okay. I can't wait to hear it. Bye.
2: forest on the blank podcast what a fantastic guest so many lovely little nuggets of information and truth and advice in there and just you know really wrapped up in a lovely hour with a lovely person you can you can really get a sense of her kindness and her thoughtfulness um through to spending an hour with her so i really really enjoyed it Thank you so much, Emma, coming on. You know, really appreciate her giving us her time and meeting Della as well. You know, we got we got we got two for one. Yeah, we, and, did, uh, we did. It was yeah. it was a great time.
1: Yeah, no, it was a fantastic conversation. Like you say, we have got lots out of it. I mean, I made lots of notes of different because obviously we we on social media we do audiograms, so people can hear a little snippet from the from the episode. And there were so many different bits. So I was thinking, oh, that'd be a really good bit for the audiogram. Yeah. So yeah, lots of things, to ta- lots of takeaways. And um, yeah, like you say, very thoughtful and um, smart lady. And uh, very very excited to talk to her and uh yeah i'm a really big fan of her work so yeah it was great to have her on
2: yeah i just think it's i, I mean i just think it's nice when you get someone who's um comfortable in themselves and comfortable talking about being alone and uh, and being an introvert which i definitely am as well and just you know it's, it's it's nice when you hear someone who is true to themselves but talks about that you know talk about their journey she talks about you know changing as a person from younger to older and getting into the industry early doors and some of the horrible people that she dealt with early doors in the Mm. music industry and stuff, you know, lots of honesty in that conversation, which, you know, we really appreciate because it is what makes this podcast what it is. I think when people are able to be honest and open up about stuff. So yeah, really appreciate Emma's time and and, and chat in that regard.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Emma. Um, Another great pod and that's another week done, Jim. Another week. Now we're back at it now, aren't we? We're back, we're back in the groove. Yeah. We are we're grooving. Yeah, someone sent a message the other day saying, good to see you back after two weeks oh. of best offs and old yeah. episodes.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I like doing the best offs and stuff, but it's not the same as the real thing, is it? It's no. nice to look back at stuff and be like, Oh yeah, that was good, that was good, that was good, and that was bad. We'll have enjoyed when we put out <laughs> that was bad, that was bad, that was bad. Um when we've put out the, the retro episodes, I think people really like them because maybe they're newer people that have come to the pod mm. that maybe have, didn't realise we'd interview certain people. It's so just that's us really showing
1: nice. off though, isn't it? It's like, oh, look how many amazing guests
2: we've had. <laughs> <laughs> look at us. <laughs> we're so good. Look at us. Aren't we great? Um, <laughs> no, it's nice, but it's not the same as, as, as releasing sort of fresh episodes. Yeah, it's of course. Just, it's, it, there's so much more excitement there, I think. So, uh, yeah, so it's lovely to be back at it. Uh, and we're back next week, of course, aren't we? With another, with another guest on the Plank Pod. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, that's the plan, isn't it? Unless you, unless something's going to change in the next No, no, seven days.
1: No, no, no. I don't think there's going to be any drastic changes.
2: Unless we're going to get cancelled or something. Are we going to get cancelled?
1: Or don't say months? anything outrageous on Twitter is my advice. I tend not. I really tend not to. Yeah, me neither. To be honest. Yeah, it's not my vibe at all. Yeah.
2: Cool, okay. Well, you know, hopefully in the next seven days, neither of us will say anything outrageous on social media and then we'll be yeah. back next week. Yeah, you know, hopefully. Yeah, if there is an episode. In, between now and then, we won't be cancelled. If, if there isn't an episode next week, something's happened. Uh, but no, we'll be back next week. So have a great week, listeners. Thanks so much. Again, join our patron if you fancy some extra goodies, patreon.com slash podcast. Uh, and thanks to all our patrons as well, of course, for their support. But in the meantime, have a great week. Giles, have a good week, mate. Don't get cancelled.
1: Likewise, Jim. Don't get cancelled. <laughs> good, good advice. Good advice.
2: Uh, and we'll see you all again <laughs> next week. That's like the the
1: sign-off now. <laughs> that should be good a good,
2: sign-off. Good luck. Good night. Don't get cancelled. <laughs> Don't get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely think that'll be our uh, that'll be our sign off. Um actually it's another t shirt, isn't it? That's another t shirt, yeah, don't get cancelled. Gotta start writing this down. Anyway, have a great week everyone and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.